You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good because why? We lack consciousness and consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you had a great weekend. And, and you hope and I hope that you had a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And I hope the weather was accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it was not, and it had to get done, it must be done, you got it done, regardless, or irregardless, <laughs> you got it done. 
And that's why we love you. You don't mess around, you persevere. Yeah, you don't procrastinate. You get it done. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. But of course, if you want to use the shortcut, you know, whatever search engine, you know, you may use Google, Firefox, whatever. Put in babaoshi.net, Internet Explorer, babaoshi.net. And there will be programs that are dated and titled babaoshi.net. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern Times. Um, last night, I uh, listened to Elliot's program. He did announce that uh, Black Therapy Central. So apparently, if he announced it, they must be uh, coming back on the air with Dr. Mawia Kambon, Ataki Kambon, and of course, Dr. Kamal Kambon. I believe that's the case. And so I hope that is the case. You know, love to see. Uh, now I know um, Baba Kamal Kamban listened to this program, and I really appreciated that. Giving me insights, talking with them after the program is over, and it really gave me some good insights. So, hope that's the case. And if not, hope they are doing well in Ghana. On Tuesday's Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers, and hope that he will broadcast tomorrow. He's been uh, under the weather, so to speak, for a few for a few weeks. And I uh, hope that he'll be back on tomorrow. Um, Thursdays, the uh, Mississippi on the Move, Black Liberation Movement, the Black Liberation Movement, Mississippi on the Move from 7 to 8 on Thursdays. And then, of course, Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And then on Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. The Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black. The largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bamani Tahima will be leaving us shortly on his trip to Tanzania. And uh, I tell you, really appreciate Brother Bomani and the work he has done, the energy and effort he's put in to making us more aware of, of Africa and repatriating and investing and all those great things. So, brothers and sisters, go to Africa for the Africans.org. You know, because everything that you need to make a trip of a lifetime is on the website. All the paperwork, all the visa information, shots, and so forth. And of course, his uh, trips that are the tours that are upcoming uh, next month, the 17th, 
November to the 28th of November, $4,000 only. Tanzania. December 24th to January 5th, 2023, $4,000. Ghana. Ghana. Then, <clears throat> March 30th to April 10th, 2023, $3,800. Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th, 2023, Ghana. July 20th through the 30th, 2023, $4,000. Rwanda. November 16th through the 27th, 2023, $4,000. Tanzania. December 24th, 2023 to January 4th, 2024, $4,200. South Africa. March 29th to April 9th, only $3,800. Liberia. These are some of the trips that you can be a part of. You can go on these tours. I mean, just top flight stuff, believe me. And once again, there's information on land, investments, the land you can buy, repatriation, Pan-African community in, in Ghana, all that good information. And of course, if you want to see pictures of previous tours. They're on there on the site, but also you can go to, additionally, you can go to facebook.com, facebook.com forward slash Bomani. Videos, youtube.com forward slash Bomani 00 2007. 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Habasha. Brothers and sisters, the Kashi project that they have been working on, it has been developed this weekend. In Ghana, they will unveil it and, you know, just beautiful, man. And I know that once they come back, they'll put on the website uh, all the things that transpired. Africa for the Africans. No, excuse me. Habasha Incorporated. Habasha stands for Helping Africa by Establishing Schools at Home and Abroad. And they have the Kashi Project that showed how they developed the land and put the buildings up. This is just beautiful. Love it. Have a shot incorporated.org. Ledge. Land for the Environmental Development for Group, group Economics. And uh, Brother Peter Brown, they work in the four areas of food, water, four areas of human existence that are vital to human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six countries and Africa, 170 employed and over 260 members. Become a member of the Ledge Group. Ledge, land for the environmental development for group economics. Bibiatumi. Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I dot com. Abibiatumi dot com. Brothers and sisters, they put Abibiatumi dot com into your browser, make it a favorite, go online to Committed new university, community information is there. All kinds of good stuff, brothers and sisters. Abibia Tumi is dedicated to the complete and total liberation of African people and martyred the land of Kemet, the land of African people throughout the African world from under the domination of Eurasians and, the, and their anti-African, anti-collaborators. As such, Abibi Tumi seeks to reclaim and or create systems and tools designed by African people for the benefit of African people in the interest 
of complete and total African liberation, self-preservation, self-determination, survival in every area of human activity. That's sovereignty, brothers and sisters, sovereignty. A BB to me is about continuing the work of our ancestors by restoring Ma'at. A BB to me is about African liberation. African liberation is about the freedom to learn who we are, our ancestors, and the freedom of being who we are not, those inculcated by our oppressors. As Commander New, we have commitment to the survival, advancement, and maximization, the fullest manifestation of Commander New, the personality of the Commander New world. We are committed to creating and maintaining the space that will permit us to develop the necessary skills, motivation, and drive to create the necessary focus, individual, collective, to recreate and reconstruct the commanded new personality and the African world toward the commanded new survival thrust. Ours, okay, Smy Pharmacy, Smy Pharmacy, located here in Atlanta. My good brother, Brother Jabril, give Brother Jabril a call. If you have issues with your health, and you want to try something other than drugs, there's a holistic approach. Give Brother Jabril a call at 731-327-6229. That's 731-327-6229. Pharmacy. if you want to send him an email, send him an email at smipharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail. Dot com. It's my pharmacy. The Moses West Foundation. The Moses West Foundation. We had Brother Apollo and Brother Kamar on the phone with us, on the radio program with us this past Friday. And the work that they're doing in Jackson, Mississippi. It is up and running in Jackson, Mississippi. Brother Apollo also talked about using the water in terms of hydroponics. There's so many things that can be done, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, now that we understand and now that we know, there is no issue of water. There's water all around us. And I know that in certain parts of the country, here in the United States, and truly in certain parts of the world, it is an issue. They don't have access to good, clean drinking water. And that's what Moses West is trying to develop that everybody has good, clean drinking water. That's why he's not asking for investors. No, he's asking for donations. He's asking you to open your heart to be a donor to help alleviate this global problem. Every time there's earthquakes, every time there's tornadoes, every time there's hurricanes and other calamities, water is affected. And so what you have going on in Florida now, what you have going on in the Caribbean, in some places, they don't have water. And that's what the Moses West Foundation will do. Um, You know, to me, governments can really uh, end this, but uh, they don't seem they want to do that. You know what I'm saying? They don't seem that they want to really do that. (laughs) Just Just like in Flint, Michigan. That probably could have been solved when Barack was president. Barack could have called the governor, even though he was Republican. 
damn it, there's an issue there. Damn Republican and, and, and Democrat, that's bull. There's an issue there. Let's, what can we do to work together to solve this issue? Can I send the Army Corps of Engineers and you get some private contractors to work together to, to dig up those old pipes and install some new ones and let the clean water flow? No. And that show didn't happen in Jackson, Mississippi because the governor and, and, and the mayor of Jackson, um, Brother Chukwe Lumumba's son, which is Chukwe, Brother Lumumba, were at odds because that's just how it is. That's how they are. I don't mean him the Republicans, the Caucasians. So, the Moses West Foundation, brothers and sisters. The MosesWestFoundation.org Go online. Go and hit the one for Jackson, Mississippi. and So you can see what they're doing. You can see for yourself. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Wadadas. Uh, Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located here in the west end of Atlanta. I'm Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and pastries and all kinds of good stuff. Health products. Health products. It's a healthy market. Health products and so forth. On weekends, they, on Friday, excuse me, on Saturday and Sunday, they serve vegan dishes, you know, at Wadada's located here in the west end at 878 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. And the number to call is 404-444-1635. That's 404-444-1635. With Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mamania, has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, t-shirts, and so much more. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. When I get back from coming out of from out of town, I'm going to give Mama Nia a call so I can do this presentation at the Medu Bookstore at the Greenbrier Mall on Ancient Kemet, utilizing the Great Pyramid K 2019 presentation with the young man uh, that uh, worked with me. So I'm going to do that. So check out. So give her a call at 404 346 3263. 404 346 3263. Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar, Brother Gazim Dejamo in Lithonia. Give him a call at 770 305 6737. 770 305 6737. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia. There is light in the Black Dot. Further east of there, just a next exit up, or next exit east of where the Black Dot is, exit 70. Five is and Turner Hill Road. You exit 75, Turner Hill Road, and you make a right. Go down three lights and make a right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for Our People in the Spirit of Ujamaa. Every Thursday night, their Thursday night broadcast. Um, where they're talking about the economic development of our people. Go every Thursday night from 9 to 10, from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, us lifting up. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU, us lifting us. The name of the program is Dare to Win every Thursday night. But you also can listen by phone 
or give question, comments, or concerns by dialing 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us. Homeland Village. They're not open on Mondays, but they're open from Tuesday to Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Macon, Georgia, 2910. Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Give my good brother Abija a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and gift shop. Yes, oh man. Yes, furniture, clothing, artwork, you know, DVDs, CDs. They even have a vegan restaurant. I mean, it's one place that you can get it all. That's right. It's a one-stop shop. Well, Here's a one-stop shop. That's Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop, located 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. That's They're inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. For more information, contact Shelly Hammonset at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sean Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sister Gabriela Aurelia is doing great work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, up in the mountain areas, with uh, education for our young kids. Oh, you just check it out. Sustainable agriculture, health care, and entrepreneurship. That is Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E-Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I.org. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Yeah. So, Baba Baruti and Mama, Mama Enia, Akaban Institute, and uh, I've been a contributor to Akaban Institute for many years now, and I will continue to do so. It's vitally important that you you know make a sacrifice. I mean, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I have many uh, that I do support, so I would love to give more. You know. But I'm a, I'm really on retirement on a fixed income. No excuses. But whatever you can give, whatever you can do, if you can mail check money order out to Akaban Institute, P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. Or you use PayPal, excuse me, <laughs> you use PayPal, Yabaruti at yahoo.com. Or Cash App, dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A. M. Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, and make your contributions. Also, to um, go online to Akabin House and the selection of books that you can purchase online. Baba Baruti, Akabin House. Um, November, next month, the 19th, from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on November 19th, Kibuka, the 17th annual Kibuka, remembering the Middle Passage through the eyes of our ancestors. Remember, and it's going to be at the sweet spot, 678, excuse me, 675, 675 Metropolitan Parkway here in Atlanta. If you want to ask, uh, if you, want, you have any questions or comments or more information, you can contact the Barudis at 404 753 7237, 404 Daily revolutionary thought. Can they say some daily revolutionary thought? 
around my way, around my way. All the corners filled with sorrow. All the streets are filled with pain around my way. Talib Kwali. Many of our warriors are confined to the worst of this dehumanizing cesspool of a reality. They are subject to places unfit for human habitation. Yet they survive and are strengthened by the struggle of battling against insurmountable odds. In these spaces, in these places, those who do not meet death or get lost in prisons of chemicals and concrete onto the stand has some of their best models of warriorhood we could ever hope to produce. It is no secret that many of our best revolutionary work leaders come through the gauntlet of these abysmal war zones. Silver spoons, whether received at birth or later in the oppressor's institutions, tend to produce spiritually anemic, morally bankrupt through charismatic vocalists deeply in debt to these lesser gods. But village ghetto lands teach one to have no fear of want or death. There are intimate consequences. When raised in this way, enemies have nothing you want or need and death is no different than life. For those in the company of wise African minds who act on their responsibilities to rear them into consciousness and awareness of their power, life becomes a vision of liberation for African people where no cost is too great. In these places, the calluses that grow on one's mind, body, and soul give defense against the violence of this unsympathetic alien world. The way these calluses are built instills fearlessness into the character of warriors around my way. Around my way. Affirm difficulty strengthens me. Affirm difficulty strengthens me. October 10th. Any action, regardless of its motives, is sterile unless it produces practical and concrete results. Amico Cabral. To become independently African, we must do what is necessary and never concern ourselves unreasonably with the reactions of others. We must act as if we must answer to, the only answer to our ancestors, our children, and the unborn. We must act as if this is our testing ground, as if what we righteously do here will determine whether we will be honored as warrior scholars or dismissed as traitors when we make are transitioned and are judged. Obviously, it is not easy to step out and be an African. What semblance of security we feel quickly disappears and the only lifelines that appear to be dangling before us are those which will pull us straight back into this chaos. Yet we know that nothing is impossible. We have been taught this. We have witnessed this. So we know that being independently African requires no more than a conscious and committed state of mind. It, re it requires us to do more than say we will do that, what must be done and do it. We must take the time to daily ask ourselves if an African thinks victoriously but not acts on those thoughts 
will anything be accomplished? We repeat, if an African thinks victoriously, victoriously, but does, but does not act on those thoughts, will anything be accomplished? Revolution, not act, excuse me, revolution requires revolutionary thoughts which have not been disarmed by selfish mortal fears to be acted upon. It is the action which directly and uncompromisingly flows through those thoughts which produces the results. Affirm every act I commit is productive for African people. Affirm every act I commit is productive for African people. Brothers and sisters, the Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. Ah, yes, sir. We had a good weekend. You know, um, since this is Columbus Day, <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the other half of the program. But I want to talk about um, a couple of birthdays. One birthday is Fannie Lou Hamer. Fannie Lou Hamer's birthday was not today. It was the 6th. And I love Fannie Lou Hamer. You know that? I I really do. I love her quote, not I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. No. I love her quote is never, never to forget where you came from and always praise the bridges that carried you over. You know, I've, I've become emotional off that quote. It's just beautiful. Never forget where you came from, who you are, historically and culturally. Never forget that. And praise all those who assisted you, all those things that have happened in your life to bring you to where you are. It's beautiful, isn't it? Never forget where you came from and always praise the bridges that carried you over. She was born October 6th. I could have done this last week and I remember her being birthday being that so I could have done it this past Friday but unfortunately we're doing it today. Giving honor to Fannie Lou Hamer. She was born Fannie Lou Townsend October 6th, 1917. 1917. Montgomery County, Mississippi. She passed. She made a transition. March 14, 1977, at the age of 59, in Mount Bayou, Mississippi. You know, she's buried in Ruleville, Mississippi. The organizations that she was involved in, National Women's Political Caucus, or the Student Not Not Violent Coordinating Committee, that's SNCC, National Council of Women, National Council of Negro Women. She was a leader. She was the vice chairperson. This is a civil rights leader. Vice chairperson, you know, of uh, the Freedom Democratic Party. Co-founder of the National Women's Political Caucus. The um, Freedom Democratic Party. Civil rights, women's rights. Civil rights movements, women's rights. Her husband was Perry Hamer. She has, She had two children. And she was inducted to the National Women's Hall of Fame posthumously. Just a dynamic woman, man. 
Fanny Lou Hamer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play a little piece here. You know. So you can understand who, who she was. And this is her testimony. This is her testimony at the uh, for the um, Democratic Party. The hearing they had. And in it... <laughs> You, when, when after it's over, you you tell me, you tell me. You know, after it's over, it's, it's pathetic. The testimony before the credentials committee, the FDP had a lineup of very different people. They had Rita Schwerner, the widow of Mickey who had been killed in Neshoba County. They had Martin Luther King. Everybody knew King. The seating of the delegation from the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party has political and moral significance far beyond the borders of Mississippi or the halls of this convention. But the highlight of the testimony was that of Fannie Lou Hamer. The sharecropper who had been evicted from her plantation had come to symbolize the Mississippi movement. Mr. Chairman, and to the Credentials Committee, it was the 31st of August in 1962 that 18 of us traveled 26 miles to the county courthouse in Indianola to try to register to become first-class citizens. We was met in Indianola with The president, Lyndon Johnson, he's not afraid of Martin Luther King's testimony. He's afraid of Fannie Lou Hamer's testimony. And so he decides that the country should not see her testify live. Johnson is in the White House, and he convened an impromptu press conference. We will return to this scene in Atlantic City, but now we switch to the White House and NBC's Robert Gorelsky. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. On this day, nine months ago. He did it knowing that they would break away, thinking he might announce who his choice of vice president was going to be. Instead, he gets up there and he announces, get this, he announces that it's nine months to the day since since Governor Connolly, who was there, was shot along with President Kennedy. So he announced a nine-month anniversary. Everybody's scratching their heads. Thank you very much. And then he leaves. And by that time, Fannie Lou Hamer's testimony was over. However, it backfired on Johnson because it became a story that she had been taken off television and in the news that night and for for days afterwards, they replayed her testimony. I was carried to the county jail and put in the booking room. They left some of the people in the booking room and began to place us in sales. She had Mississippi in her bones. Martin Luther King or the SNCC field secretaries, uh, they couldn't do what Fannie Lou Hamer did. They couldn't be a sharecropper and express what it meant, right? And that's what Fannie Lou Hamer um, did. 
And it wasn't too long before three white men came to my cell. One of these men was a state highway patrol. He said, we're going to make you wish you were dead. Fanny Lou Hamer. She says, what a, what a warrior, man, I'm telling you. What a warrior. Man, Fanny Lou Hamer. Never forget where you came from. And always praise the bridges that carried you over. You know, um, it was such a hard life for her, that's why, you know. And, and, and doing what she did, when she passed away at 59 years old, you know, it was a hard life. In fact, um, I remember she wasn't feeling good and whatever, and her husband wanted her very much to start a family. But in 1961, a Caucasian doctor suggested to Hamer to have a hysterectomy without her consent while she was undergoing surgery to remove uh, a tumor. Forced sterilization was a common method of population control consent while she was undergoing surgery. You know, it's a target for poor women, you know, population control. Members of the American African Community Call Procedure, a Mississippi appendectomy. <laughs> the Hamers later raised two daughters they adopted. One died of internal hemorrhaging after she was denied admission to a local hospital because of her mother's activism. Because they knew who Fannie Lehman Lehman was and what she did. (sighs) Hammer became interested in the civil rights movement in the 50s. She heard leaders in local movements speak at annual regional councils of Negro leadership and that were held in Mount Bayou, Mississippi. The yearly conferences discussed voting and other civil rights issues that affected our community. And she wanted to be involved, got involved and became part of the leadership, you know. They kicked me off their plantation, set me free. It's the best thing that could ever happen. Now I can work for my people. Yeah, she was sharecropping. You know, and um, they continue to attack her. Brothers and sisters, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer, a woman who deserves our respect and our admiration. Uh, I'm going to talk later in the second half of the program on. Christopher Columbus and of course in today is Columbus Day but it's also Indigenous Peoples Day yeah so we'll talk about that and, and our involvement as African people in what happened with Christopher Columbus what he did opened up and of course here in here in the United States and in this hemisphere, 
what that all did and how that all changed the dynamics globally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, too, today is Thelonious Monk's birthday. Thelonious Monk. Yeah, it's his birthday. So, uh, they were born the same year. Different days, but born the same year. Thelonious Monk and Fannie Lou Hamer, they were born, both born in 1917. She, October 6th, him, October 10th, 1917. Yeah, he passed in 1982. Yeah, he passed in 1982. The Lonious Fear Monk. Yeah. Play a little monk at the break. He was born in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. He died in Inglewood, New Jersey in the age of 64. Jazz and bebop, piano and composer. You know? <laughs> yeah, Thelonious Monk. And he was always interesting to me because he was so, you know, cool. The hats that he wore, the shades and so forth. Yeah, he was cool. You know, part of that bebop know of that time of course played with all the greats at that time you know Dizzy Gillespie Bird Charlie Parker Miles you know there's some just some great jazz artists of that of that era in that time and I was blessed and fortunate in the early 80s to hear some of these jazz greats even though they were hadn't gotten old and so forth I was blessed to, to hear Rashawn Roland Kurt live and Freddie Hubbard and Charlie Esther Phillips so many other jazz greats so I'm going to play a little Thelonious Monk is tuned around midnight. I'm not sure who's accompanying him. Uh, they don't get that information on the on the particular piece, but we can hear some some Monk today on his birthday. Yeah, on the seventeenth. Yeah, it'd have been a hundred and five. <laughs> 105. And, and unfortunately, you know, very seldom do uh, musicians live to a very long age. But there's, there's, there's exceptions, of course, to everything. It's always an exception. You know, um, Sonny Stitt, I believe, is still hanging there. He's 90-something years old, still playing. You know, what you call, just died. Um, what you call. <laughs> um, Sonny Rollins, I believe, just died. You know. But yeah, some of these jazz greats. And what's interesting, 
is they're not uh, being replaced. By that I mean very few people are playing contemporary jazz or progressive jazz. They're playing that fusion, that smooth jazz, you know. They're playing that. But they're not playing that progressive jazz of Coltrane and many others. They're not playing that. I, I loved it. I, I really do. I loved it. Especially, you know, like I said, I was fortunate that, that my that my first wife, I've been married twice. Oh, Ramsey Lewis. Yeah, Ramsey Lewis. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Kwaku. Yeah, Ramsey Lewis. Pass I did, I, I did, I played some Ramsey Lewis. I played uh, In Crowd, which became a very great piece for him. Also, to that collaboration with Earth, Wind, and Fire, Sun Goddess, back in the uh, 70s, early 70s. That was an outstanding piece. Collaborating with uh, Maurice White and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, he died. Ramsey Lewis just died, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he played all the way up to the time that he passed. Some of those guys had it like that. I remember you know, seeing Ramsey Lewis a few times. One time he was at our festival, our festival, <laughs> African World Festival. No, he was at Summerfest. He wasn't at our festival. Yeah. yeah. We only had a few jazz artists at the African World Festival, unfortunately. Yeah. Phyllis Hyman was there. I'll never forget that because I was backstage with that tall drink of water. Man, she was beautiful, elegant sister, Phyllis Simon. So sad. Yeah. Great songs, too. Very emotional. So we're going to play some Thelonious Monk. Let's do it now to come up on a break. So when we come back, we can get off into uh, this, you know, Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day conversation. And I hope you join me in helping me with that conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Or, of course, by um, uh, dropping me a line. Or if you're on the queue already, which a number of you guys are, hit star twice. And you'll begin the queue. Or you be on the air. Okay. Brothers and sisters, in honor of his birthday, Thelonious Monk.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. The sound of the birthday man, Thelonious Monk. I, and that's around midnight. That's one of his favorite cuts. And that, which, of course, that's a cut that has been done by many other artists around midnight. In fact, um, um, <clears throat> Stanley, uh, what's that brother's name? Uh, played saxophone. Played sax. In fact, it was he was in a movie around midnight. Oh, man. Oh, she see. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. It'll, and, and I know it'll come to me, you know. Uh, but yeah, great, a great piece. That's um, Thelonious Monk. We're going to talk today. Oh, let me give us a little announcement right quick of the other um, programs that are here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. All times are going to give our Eastern times. And I believe it's at night that Black Therapy Central will once again be back on the air from 8 to 9, hosted by Dr. Mawia Kambon and her husband, Dr. <clears throat> Kamal Kambon, and their daughter, Nataki Kambon. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10. Then on Thursdays from 7 to 8, from 7 to 8, Mississippi on the move, the Black Liberation Movement. Mississippi on the move. And on Fridays, at Fridays at, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders, the Sankofa Elders Council. From 7 to 9 on Saturday, Sankofa Elders Council. And then Sunday at 7 p.m., if it's 7 p.m. on Sunday, and it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Last night they had on Brother Kamal Kam- <clears throat> Brother Kamarthi and um, Kabani. He was excellent as always. Yeah. Brother Kaba Kamani. Brother Kaba Kamani. I don't know why I messed their brother's name up. But yeah, and, and they were talking about the uh, the movie, you know, Woman King, and uh, giving some good insights and a lot of other things historically. So you should listen to and 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 if you uh, miss the program, you can always go to Time for an Awakening and get the program off, the, you know, the, off the archives. Yeah, you can listen to it that way. Get them off the archives. Yeah. So today is the uh, the observance day for um, Christopher Columbus, and and so I'm gonna play a couple of pieces to give it a little bit a little bit of background historical perspective. In fact, um, because it was noted that um, he wasn't the first European to come this way. And uh, that distinction belongs to Leif Erikson, who came north, uh, uh, I guess, discovered Iceland. And, you know, they were Nordic people. 
So they had a Leif Erikson day that's like a, a, a week before Columbus Day. But Columbus Day became very important for the Italians who came here, you know? Very important for the Italians who came here because the Italians would, you know, would, a lot of the Italians were disrespected. They weren't considered black. White, damn Oshie. They weren't considered white. They were not considered white, just like the Irish. You know, the, the, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, very discriminatory, very racist, very mean-spirited, even to their own people. You know, but because Columbus, who was Italian, who got Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand to finance his voyage, who were Spanish, because the Portuguese had already began to you know, they want to get that that trade out there. And uh, so I'm going to play a couple of pieces here, you know, so we can check this out. Uh, I'm not sure which way I want to go with this. Uh, okay. Okay, why do we celebrate Columbus Day, huh? Christopher Columbus is all over America. There are statues in his honor. Streets and cities are named after him. He's got his own national holiday, complete with parades. For centuries, Columbus has been celebrated as the brave explorer who discovered the New World. We celebrate Columbus Day, the anniversary of that day in 1492, when Columbus first sighted the land of the New World, America. But Columbus never even set foot on North American soil. His four voyages brought him to the modern-day Caribbean islands, Central and South America, but never to the country where more than 50 cities, towns, and counties bear his name. We rarely hear about the other explorers, who actually landed in the U.S. just a couple decades after Columbus. So how did a man who never even set foot in North America end up with a national holiday and a permanent place in American mythology? Columbus and his arrival in the Americas is mostly introduced to kids through books, songs, or cartoons like this one. I will discover a shortcut to India and bring back some of the great wealth I find there. And I can do it, for I know the world is round. One of the many problems with cartoons like this one is that it taught a lot of wrong information. Children were told that Columbus defied conventional wisdom and proved the world was round. But at the time, people already knew the Earth was round. Columbus actually claimed the world was smaller than predicted, and he was wrong. Children were also told that Columbus's voyages to the inhabited islands in the Americas were peaceful. The people Columbus called Indians were very friendly, and they gave Columbus and his men many gifts. But they don't mention that Columbus and his men were responsible for the mass deaths of native people. A friar who lived on the islands Columbus reached and experienced the brutality of the conquest wrote about it. He wrote, They forced their way into settlements, slaughtering small children, old men, and pregnant women. These details have been kept out of most textbooks from the beginning, allowing Columbus to become an American icon. The idealized version of Columbus is as old as the United States. 
It all began during the War of Independence when the U.S. fought the British. The new nation needed a rebellious non-British symbol, and they found one in Columbus. Once the U.S. won independence, streets and cities were named after him. Columbus's iconic status was further cemented in 1828 when Washington Irving published a biography glorifying him. He described him as brave, heroic, and a genius, but he neglected to mention his brutal treatment of indigenous people. But Columbus's real big break came in the late 1800s, when the country he'd never visited started experiencing some massive changes. Italian immigrants were arriving in the United States in big numbers, and they faced harsh discrimination. They were treated as perpetual foreigners and restricted to manual labor. Their Catholic beliefs opened the door for even more discrimination, so they embraced Columbus. After all, he was Italian and Catholic and already admired. So he quickly became an icon for Italian immigrants who argued that they too belonged in America. On the 400th anniversary of Columbus's arrival in 1892, Columbus Day was first brought into the school system. Schools held celebrations, and students pledged allegiance to the flag for the first time, associating Columbus with patriotism in classrooms across America. A year later, Columbus became the theme of the World Expo in Chicago, branding him America's hero around the world. As Columbus and his legend became further embedded in American culture, so did the Knights of Columbus, a Catholic social club founded by Italian immigrants. By 1937, the Knights of Columbus had gained enough influence to convince President Roosevelt to proclaim Columbus Day a federal holiday. But not everyone wanted to celebrate Columbus. While the myth of Columbus had been developing throughout history, Native Americans in the U.S. had been dealing with destruction and discrimination for centuries at the hands of all the European settlers that followed Columbus. But in the 60s, things started changing in America as the civil rights movement demanded change. Native rights became a part of the conversation. We've asked the government for hundreds of years to do things for our people or with our, our people. The government has only compromised, only given us token issues to deal with. We're here today as living factors of the problem that are, are still existing. Historians started re-examining Columbus and his story, correcting the myth and including the missing historical facts. As revelations about Columbus have become mainstream, some people have rejected the holiday, as well as the man and the legacy behind it. Today, cities around the U.S. are opting out of celebrating Columbus Day. In some cities, they are choosing to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day instead. At the same time, more than half of Americans think celebrating Columbus Day is a good idea, according to a poll commissioned by the Knights of Columbus. Most countries are formed with the help of myths and heroes to forge a sense of unity and belonging. It's human nature. But as the myth of Columbus is confronted with brutal historical facts, the U.S. will have to decide which myths are worth keeping and which ones to discard. Columbus Day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, you know, he was trying to find a route to India, right? And around the Horn of Africa and South Africa and then up into the Indian Ocean for spices and other riches. And of course, he sailed off, of course, because the, the currents will the currents in the Atlantic Ocean will take you westerly. That's why the hurricanes, hurricanes start off at the, off the coast of Africa, the west coast of Africa, get into the Atlantic and they developed. 
And of course, as they continue to go west, they get developed stronger. Then when they hit that warm water near um, the land masses, it strengthens and it blasts the Caribbean, blasts. Right now they're in the Gulf. It's, I, I believe Mexico is getting hit. You know, so it can happen anywhere in the Gulf and of course anywhere on the West Coast. So these things will continue to happen. So you can, you can take it westerly. In fact, I may mention the fact that Africans sailed to this part of the uh, hemisphere, to the Western Hemisphere out of Africa, coming out of Kemet, out of Kemet, into the Mediterranean, through the Strait of Gibraltar, into the Atlantic Ocean. Some of them land in Cancun, Mexico. That's where the Omec heads are in Cancun, Mexico. So, you know, you you can you can sail this way. It's it happens. And 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 it happens whether you want it to happen, make it happen or not. <laughs> in fact, um, a Caucasian named Thor Heyerdahl proved that it could be done back in the seventies. And of course, the documentary Great Pyramid K twenty nineteen talks about it and how it happens. And so Columbus, not knowing that, not having that information. You know, thought that we were in they were in India. That's why he named the people Indians. And of course, many people around the world, I would say, are welcoming. Even though they spot somebody that does not look like them, foreign and so forth, but are more welcoming. You know. And and Here's a good movie. Apocalypto. Apocalypto is one of my favorite movies. It's subtitles. And it's about the Mayans. The Aztecs. I think it's the Aztecs. They're having human sacrifice. So they would go from the city into the various villages and ransack the village and take the men and women and kill whoever else and bring them to the big city to you know to have them have their heads cut off in human sacrifice you know well this one this one uh, brother is tough Jaguar Paul he escapes they go to hunt him down this is the deep part of the movie the two guys that are left out of the party, I think it was six people, six, seven people. They're, they're hunting him and they're chasing after him. He goes to the shore and when he hits to the shore, he's catatonic. He's stunned. What the? And the other two are chasing him. They're stunned. These ships and two or three boats are coming towards them. And he runs off to help his wife and newly born child and, and, and his son get out of this well that uh, they were in so they wouldn't be captured 
when they raided their village. But one thing is for sure, it's over for their ass. When these people come ashore, if you don't kill these men, <laughs> it's going to be over. <laughs> and that's the thing. They didn't, the other humans didn't think that, you know, when these people came, that they would, they would do what they did. They would do what Columbus did. The disease he brought. The whole island of is what they call what they call Hispaniola was genocided. The Taino people gone. What did they bring to the island? Us. Us. Some time later. And then, of course, the Haitian Revolution, it was the whole island. Of 1804, the Haitian Revolution, and then, of course, the Spanish took the eastern part of the island and the uh, Haitians, the Africans, the western part of the island. And that's why you have the Dominican Republic and Haiti sharing that island. Yeah. Give us a call. I'm going to get in this conversation at 215-490-9832. Children in the United States learned that Christopher Columbus discovered America in 1492. But since there were already millions of people living on the American continents when he arrived, what is Columbus's real importance in history? This video will show what really happened during his voyages between two worlds and how they helped shape the world we know today. In 1451, Columbus was born in the Republic of Genoa. There he began his sailing career, but in 1477 he was hired as a merchant mariner for King John II of Portugal. Portugal was gaining power on the seas, colonizing Atlantic islands and establishing trade with African kingdoms. By the 1480s, they found out the Indian Ocean was on the other side of Africa. This discovery gave them a fast and cheap trade route to the rich goods of Asia. During Portugal's rise in power, a group of European scholars thought the Earth was smaller than what was previously believed. This meant one could reach Asia by sailing west. Because of the newly invented printing press, Columbus read about these recent theories and was enthralled with the idea of sailing west for riches. He tried to get funding for an expedition from Portugal, but King John didn't believe in the small Earth theory. He then tried in France, England, and Spain with no luck until 1492 when the Spanish sovereigns, Ferdinand and Isabella, decided to help fund three ships for a voyage. They saw Columbus as a means to compete against Portugal's success. The Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria set sail on August 3, 1492. After a stop on Grand Canary, the rest of the trip took five weeks. On October 12th, land was spotted. It was an island, and at dawn, Columbus went ashore. Because he believed in the small earth theory, Columbus thought he was near Japan. He called the natives of this island Indians because India was what many Europeans called Asia at the time. But the natives were really called the Taino. Trade began between the two parties, but it was clear that the Taino did not possess the fabled riches of East Asia. However, some of them wore gold as jewelry. 
Columbus was hungry for gold to bring back to Spain. He wandered around searching for a large amount of gold until the Santa Maria crashed into a reef on Hispaniola. Columbus left 39 men at the site to build a colony. He promised he would return for them and sailed back to Spain. When he arrived in Europe, Columbus was famous. He had sailed into the unknown and returned to tell the tale. He brought back many things to show the Spanish king and queen, including Tainos he had kidnapped. But he did not bring enough gold, so Ferdinand and Isabella equipped Columbus with 17 ships for a second voyage and named him governor of all the lands he discovered. Columbus was an excellent sailor. He found his way back to Hispaniola using his own keen navigation skills and kept the coordinates of his route a secret. When the fleet arrived at Hispaniola, they found out that the 39 men who were left there to build a colony had been killed by a local chief. They also found out the same chief had lots of gold on his land. Columbus led a crew into his territory and found a gold quarry. The chief was angered by the arrogance of these invaders, and soon fighting broke out. To intimidate the chief, Columbus captured three of his captains and beheaded them in public. This enraged the Tainos and disturbed many of the Spanish. To make things worse, there was soon no gold left to mine. Columbus sent letters back to Spain on a ship and exaggerated the amount of gold that was found. To produce more profit for the king and queen, Columbus suggested starting a slave trade. Without waiting for a response, he seized over 500 natives and sent them to Spain. Most of the remaining natives fought against this injustice, so Columbus unleashed terror on them. Once defeated, they were forced to pay tributes of gold to the Spanish. It was worse than slavery. People who didn't find enough were punished brutally. Forced to constantly look for gold, the Taino could not farm their lands anymore. Many escaped into the hills, only to be hunted down. During the first few years of the tribute system, 50,000 natives died. Columbus's brutal command made him enemies in the colony as well as in Europe. In 1496, he sailed for Spain to defend his actions to Ferdinand and Isabella. He left his brother Bartolomeo in charge of the colony until he returned. The king and queen listened to his defense and allowed him to return to Hispaniola in 1498. By now, the colony was a disaster. Bartolomeo was just as bad at governing as his brother was, if not worse. A rebellion had begun among the Spanish, and soon the king and queen sent a royal investigator to assess the situation. He put the Columbus brothers on trial. They were found guilty of numerous crimes against both the Spanish and the natives. The brothers were arrested and sent back to Spain. Christopher Columbus was no longer in charge of the New World. Now old and humbled, he was allowed one last voyage across the ocean, but he was not permitted to return to Hispaniola. He explored the Caribbean for two years before sailing back to Spain, where he died in 1506. We have learned that Columbus was ambitious, intelligent, and courageous, but he was no hero. His exploits in the colony were disasters for the native inhabitants, and their way of life was destroyed by his actions as governor. But his efforts led Europe to dominate the world through colonization and the expansion of kingdoms into empires. If Columbus did not succeed, someone else would have. But since his journey was the first to establish a link between the old world and the new, his name is remembered. Yeah, Columbus. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, it's, you know, what's what's interesting about it is that um, all these places that are named for Christopher Columbus, you know, that streets and so forth, and what he did was 
open up the world to Caucasian, European Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, better known as white supremacy, white expansion, European expansion. That's right, European hegemony. And we have been suffering in this world ever since. Look how devastated we are because of what they, because of what happened with our situation. You look at the continent. So it just didn't stop with Europeans going to the Western Hemisphere and taking the islands and North America, South America, and Central America. No, Africa. Australia, many places within Europe. 404, 404, good afternoon. Hey, greetings, Brother Osi. Yes, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, so uh, enjoying your um, program today. Thank you. uh, Yeah, that uh, means... This uh this monster uh Columbus, Combustus as Buddha Barista used to call him, and as Angela Davis described, he has a legacy of racism and hatred. And, you know, he's just a big he's a thief <laughs> and uh, a glorified thief and just this monster all all you know, what what just has been described of what he perpetrated. Right. So that's just uh, the U.S. And, well, that uh, was that was European. Not huh? Right, that was the European world because basically what he did, you know, even though he they 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 gave him a trial and they convicted him as a crook that he was, but still, you know, hundreds of years later, yeah, hundreds of years later, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, no, no, no. I'm just saying, that was enlightening. I never know that he had a trial and got convicted. They oh, yeah. kept that a secret. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, he did. Because he was horrible, you know. But was, hundreds of years, right, but hundreds of years later, particularly as a, the other uh, piece I played, when the Italians started immigrating to America, because he never set foot on America, American soil. Right. But when the, when the Italians started coming here, they were dogged out. They lived in very poor conditions and so forth. And and they hailed Columbus because he was Italian. He wasn't Spanish, even though the Spanish commissioned his ships. You know, but they hailed him as a hero. And then he got um, Roosevelt to claim uh, Columbus Day because of his discovery here in this so-called hemisphere, opening it up for European expansion and European theft. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah it's just about well, that they have the nerve to call that discovery. They just went and stole something and they're going to say they discovered it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. just all the lies and trickery coming back talking about they got brought all these uh gold and do this is stuff they stole. Right. You know, well it's the same they thing that's the monsters and they inflicted such a tyranny and you know, so mm-hmm. barbaric and so right. diabolical. So you know, and that's just the basis of United Snakes. So you know I mean, it's, it's just, just like a that they're still trying to have his his day as a celebration. 
Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, well, there are still going to be Caucasians who are going to celebrate Christopher Columbus opening yeah. up the new world, opening up the possibilities for the United States. But there are also going to be indigenous people, not just here in America or North America, mm. but globally because of what uh, uh, what that brought in. The fact that uh, indigenous people around the globe could come in and Europeans take your stuff. You know, and eliminate you, or reduce you to subhuman, make you uh, um, mine gold, and make you mine whatever it is that you have to offer. You know, <clears throat> and, and, yeah. and 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 still, um, you will never be compensated. You will never get your land back. In many cases, like in Africa, even though they said that we're primitive. And, and, and we have no culture to speak of, but in many museums around the world, particularly in Europe and here, there's African artwork, African artifacts in those museums. You know, I think, oh, absolutely. you know, I, I think um, the Benin mask and other artwork is finally going to be returned to Nigeria. I believe, I think I read something on that will finally be returned to Nigeria after many years. Of you know, of trying to make these folks give off, give give their stuff back, it's just like uh, England told I can't remember which country it was says no, we're not giving it back. You can borrow it. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can take, you can borrow, and put it on display in your country that is yours, but we are gonna get it back. Yeah, you know, theory. the boldness yeah. of, uh, of the European, yeah, the, the, just the tyranny that they have. The mm-hmm. arrogance, the boldness, the hatred. Yeah. But I, 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 something else that I, because I thought I knew enough about Columbus, combustors, didn't really know too much more about him. But it was interesting. Uh, I had, I wasn't aware, you know, in that presentation they were saying that he went and stole people from where he went. Yeah. He took 500 and so many people back yeah. over to, to yeah. Europe. And those people he took, were, what, what, were, what were the native people that he took? Well, I don't know if they he, were, were they? Well, he they took the Taino, which is from the uh, uh, what is now called Dominican Republic in in, in Haiti. Oh, okay. You know, they they were the Taino people that were there. They were in the Caribbean. They're they like were, African people. And well, they're dark skinned people, but they're all but but they oh, were okay. but they were genocide. This is the this is the real case of there are real cases of genocide some people say genocide just like the european jews talk about genocide in fact when you hear uh, uh european jews talking about the holocaust and, and and um genocide that didn't happen i'm not saying what oh, happened to him that, and that's the only holocaust that they right. they know holocaust with them you know I, right and I, i'm not saying you know that they did not suffer i'm not, I'm not saying that they did not Suffered tremendously and, and 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 death and so forth. Granted, and I and but it wasn't genocide. They were not totally removed, like annihilated, annihilated, like uh, um, Truganini and her people uh, near uh, Australia. You know, which now is the island of Tasmania. You know, they were genocide. The only so really. I, I need to research this because I've often thought that the only people who exercised 
a form of genocide on other people have been Europeans. I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. The only people that have exercised the ability to go into another country and just wipe them out, eliminate them totally, you know, that's what the Europeans has done. And, and of course, Christopher Columbus opened up that way to make that happen. He is the one. Well, they're trying to kill off the, the people that was here in the in, uh, United States and North America. They they was coming off killing and shooting them and scalping them. And, you know, they was trying to commit genocide, and they kind of came close to it as many well, people they murdered. Well, there were so many people here. You know, that's why the, the even the notion of a discovery, even though Columbus really? never set foot on never set foot in North America, but there were so many people uh, who were inhabiting North America, Central America, and South America. Now, all of those places are, you know, the indigenous people are relegated to, you know, uh, footnotes because most of the, the people who are in Central and South America are Spanish and Portuguese and a few other, you know, there are some indigenous people though, still, of course. You know, one thing about indigenous people of North America, particularly United States, you know, uh, there are many of us who are African who claim to be indigenous. I found that to be very disturbing. You know, uh, I found that to be uh, insulting. I don't know if you remember this. There was a movement of 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 um, American Africans who claim to be indigenous. In fact, let me listen to this. They stated that um, no Africans were brought here. There were no ships. No kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Right, there was none of that. They were taken from here to Europe and then came back and put into servitude. Then the part of that is that they don't deny because you can't because that is historic. You can't deny that. But even at that, the, 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 the ships and all the other things you can't deny, you know. Well, so, I didn't know that the people, what I was, my understanding was that African people were all over the world. And so the term indigenous just meant those people that were there. And that was my understanding of why the Africans were saying that they were mm -hmm. African indigenous. Right. And, 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 and the fact is that you're right. The first people everywhere are African. Right. You know, the first people everywhere coming out of, uh, out, of uh, out of Africa through the series of migrations over many years of time. And then, of course, the, the, what made human beings different is human beings' ability to adapt to environments that they find themselves in, you know, and 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 so it's just like it's just like when you look at the people who now who are called the indigenous people of Australia, Aborigines. They see you see they have dark skin, uh, their body styles are very stocky, you know. Yeah, they look African to me. But they but they yeah but they have, you know, uh, stringy hair. That's because of the environment. During the day, it's hot and arid, so you need the, the, the dark, melanated skin to protect you from the ultraviolet rays of the sun. You need the broad nose to let off the heat and lips, let off the heat. But you need at night, because at night, it's, 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 it is very you know, chilly and cold. 
So you need the, the stringy hair to protect your body. They have hair on their body. They have hair, long hair to protect, you know, their neck because the, the blood from your heart has to be pumped to your brain so you can function, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, but of course, yeah. they were almost eliminated as well by the Europeans. In fact, a good movie to check out that situation is called Quigley Down Under with Tom Selleck. Quigley Down Under. And uh, Rickman, who who was a land, who I'm going to say land owner, who was a land thief and took the indigenous right. land and he was going to hire Quigley to come, He was because Quigley was living in the States, hire him to come to Australia to kill these aborigines and they show them you know rounding them up and 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 uh with their horses you know having them jump off a cliff and die they want to eliminate these people so they could take this land you know and that's not the only place of course this has happened they've done this all other places absolutely you know yeah so i mean you know uh that's why in the history of europeans and why uh, um, the critical race theory and any other historical information, the Europeans does not, they do not want that ta- taught the way it should be taught. They want a sanitized version. So when they give their little kids, you know, the, the, their history, it is, it is glowing. It is, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's just like some of the, the uh, Christian religion history of how, beautiful and honorable and righteous and you know a fairy tale they're just all the lies just like they try to project yeah. that critical race theory mm-hmm. they just want to just lie yeah and you know uh, try to hide their barbaric ways you yeah. know so. and so you know i was going to ask you um uh earlier we were talking about the water um and and, and the water in mississippi mm-hmm. and um you know so I know, uh, I know, uh, brother Chokwe Lamoon was the mayor. He is a very wonderful, awesome brother. He's a freedom fighter. And, uh, so, um, I just want to point that out. He, he, he's been fighting for the people. And I, it was, I was trying to clarify because I, 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 um, I thought I understood you to say that, um, they didn't get the water deal, the water, uh, deal, uh, Step forth because the mayor and Tokwe couldn't uh, get well, along. Well, because mayor was the diabolical monster of that, and they've well, been doing that for right. Well, decades. Well, the governor just took you know. Uh, yeah, the governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The governor is the diabolical monster. Right. And the mayor was a good brother. Right, because uh-huh. yeah, the mayor is Chokwe Lumumba. Yeah, his yeah, son. Saying, Chukwe, yeah, mayor, yeah. Because mayor, you know, his his. <clears throat> His father, of course, his father was outstanding, an outstanding attorney. Yeah, I know his and so, father. Yeah. Well, they gave some revolutionary yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, so, and then, so his so son he, is yeah, taking Yeah, he inherited over. that water catastrophe. Oh, definitely. So well, that's it, been going on yeah, for some so time. It but like it, it was, he couldn't get along with that governor. The governor right. was just. Exactly. Uh, he was such an he, asshole. He, he, he was the main culprit. Chopra was not a culprit with that at all. Right. So I mean, you know, that's 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 that was ha- that's what happened, and um, and so sometimes when it just affects us, they can dismiss that or you know or placate to it to some degree, continue to 
to delay and delay. It's just like what in Flint, Michigan, you know, same thing. Because Barack, as I stated earlier, Barack could have handled that. When he knew those brothers and sisters in Flint, Michigan were facing this water crisis, he could have got the Army Corps of Engineers and some private contractors to go up in there and, and, and put the money into yeah. making that happen for the from the state and the federal government to clean up that situation. I don't know if they said, well, man, if we do this for Flint, we may have to do this around the country. So damn what? Do it around the country. The infrastructure, yeah, right. the infrastructure of this of this uh, country is is crumbling. It's crumbling. Right. You know, so do it. You know, do in it. fact. You got the money. Yeah. In fact. You sent 80 billion over to Ukraine to help the white people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because all it is is you just print money. <laughs> you know, so that's all it is. So then, you know, put some people to work. Put them to work. I mean, one of the things that that, that is um, ludicrous is what happens with these hurricanes. They should begin to move the, 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 the there should be no more poles with wires and so forth because they're going to do these hurricanes, especially, I mean, they can do that in the north, you know, uh, maybe in the west. But when you talk about here in the southeast and in the Caribbean and in the Gulf area, all that stuff is going down. It's just like, Puerto Rico, a few years ago, Maria, Maria devastated them. Uh, Trump went there throwing paper towels at the people, if you remember. You know, didn't even know that Puerto Rico was a responsibility of the United States. You know, and, and, and but yet it's, it happened again just, you know, within. So <laughs> they still haven't fixed what happened a few years ago. And now here it is again. And it's going to happen again and again and again. So the question becomes, let's get smart. Let's put the money into getting the, at least our electricity underground. So we don't have wires all over every place and everybody without electricity. You know, I don't know. I guess that's just, yeah, I guess that's just me. <laughs> Which should be logical. No, no, you're right. I you know? agree with you, my brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what they need to do. Okay, well. All right, my sister, you have a blessed and wonderful right. day, okay? Stay blessed. All right. Bless the program. All right, Appreciate dear. You. Peace. Okay, peace and power. 215, 215, good afternoon. Afternoon, Baba Oshi. Hey, Brother T, what's happening, man? How you doing today? Appreciate Brother, all the information you, you sent. Let me tell you something. Yes, sir. I woke up today. I was very nauseated, and I had no idea why until you just reminded me that it was Columbus Day. <laughs> my my <bad>. body rejects. <laughs> my body rejects bullshit. I'm sorry, yeah. excuse the language. Uh, it just does. I can't even control it half the time. And let me tell you, I've never ever taken a holiday at work. And the people would look at me and the boss and say, you work every holiday? I go, it's not yeah, a holiday. it's not a holiday to me. It's a holiday to you. Yeah. Same here. So when I called out, I called out when I was well. I never called out when I was mm-hmm. sick. I said, what's the use of that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
secondly, right here in Philadelphia, right now, we're having an issue with this Columbus statue. It's been it's been for three years. You know, okay. they supposed to remove it. Now they they boxed it up and painted the flag on it, and people going left and right. And the police will protect that statue like they would the Rizzo statue, which should have been dismembered <laughs> a long time. They ago. got a statue of Rizzo. Yeah, well, Ratso, well they removed it now. Rizzo, Rizzo, the dude from the seventies. What was he? The That's mayor. He was, he was mayor and police chief, right? That's right. I remember that bastard. Really? Listen, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I'm not surprised. I have friends that are that are black cops, and I talk to them, and a lot of them stand by Rizzo. And then what <laughs> I do is I stop talking to them, and I walk away. <laughs> You're older than me. There's nothing else I can tell you. You lived it. You witnessed most yeah. of it. Yeah. Specifically, move bombing and all mm-hmm. of this stuff that they perpetrated on us. They're doing the same thing they always do. They go steal stuff, take what they want, and rename it. Yep. Man. Now, I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Douglas Wallace. Dr. Um, Douglas Wallace is a white man, and his theory out of Africa theory I never knew who he was. I was studying it, and I didn't go to college for it, but it was for my education. I wound up meeting this gentleman. He knew me before I knew him because the people who brought him to the facility, the um, uh, research facility that I was working at, told him about me. Mm-hmm. So when he walks in, I have no idea who it is. So I look into, I go into his office. He shows me all these African artifacts everywhere he's visited, all these pictures with Africans. And his theory was the one I've been studying for years. Mm-hmm. When I found that out, I knew the Lord leads me in the right directions because there's no way in the world I would have met the man and then be in charge of protecting the cryogenic freezer that houses Eve, which proves African the African Eve. Theory. African Eve. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And it proves the out of African theory. No one debates this man. You never hear about him because he's right. Mm-hmm. Every human being has an African genetic marker, which means you are African, yeah. as you've stated. Yeah. And see, what happened is when we came out of Africa and and, and we went uh, east and then northeast and then straight north and over into what is Europe, which is, uh, of course, the arrogance of Europeans say it's a continent because of the Caucasus Mountains, that the, using that that Caucasus mountain range and everything west of there is the continent of Europe as opposed to being the western part of Asia. That's how arrogant Europeans are. You know, it does, it, there's no, by, by nobody's definition, nobody's definition is that a continent, but of course, because they say it is, it is. But anyway, that got cut off by an ice age and, and, and those people mutated. They mutated. So it's not like Neanderthal DNA is, you know, is alien. It's part of a mutation that we as Africans do not have. Now, if you got some European in you, like I do, then I might have some some Neanderthal DNA in me because of, you know, my lineage. But that's not to say, but also I have a hell of a lot of African because my mama. That's right. That's you know, right. and 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 you know, it is well known, but a lot of people won't discuss this. You can't get, you know, you know, you you can only you can get white out of black, but you can't get black out of white. Right, because right, the, because of the, 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 
Right, because of gen- the genetics, the DNA, uh, dominant. We are, our, our genes are dominant. Dominant, dominant, you get dominant. Dominant, recessive, you get dominant. Recessive, recessive, you get recessive. You see? That's right. Yeah. That's right, brother. Mm-hmm. You tell them. Yeah. And about those, those mountains, Europe means to rope off. Mm-hmm. Caucasus Mountains, where they came from, they were roped off from civilization, as you, as you stated, and they had to be brought into civilization. So they mm-hmm. can't even say anything about we being uncivilized. Oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. You know, I mean, and, and, and the interesting thing about uh, us and Europeans is that we educated them many times. The Greeks came and studied at our feet in Kemet. And they go back to Greece. In fact, in in that study, Socrates, he goes back to Greece and and, and they kill him because he's giving all these foreign ideas and so forth to the, to, the, to the educators and children and so forth. And, and they made him drink hemlock. Plato, seeing what was happening, he he stays in, in Kemet for about 20 years. Then he returns to Greece as a great philosopher. And Aristotle was the uh, uh, Alexander, the so-called greats uh, philosopher. In fact, Alexander was buried in Kemet, and many of his generals, the Ptolemies, when the Greeks took over Kemet, became pharaohs. Because just like with Cleopatra, Cleopatra the seventh, she comes out of the Ptolemies. Was she black? Probably not. High yellow? Probably. You know, but the bottom line is, is that after the 30th dynasty, that was it. Then the Ptolemies come in. They're not a part of the ancient Kemetic people because they're not. It's just like the Arabs are not. They're not, you know, but the reality is, is that, you know, these people who make these claims, you know, they want to be. They want to historically be that, but they're not. And so, well, you know, you know your shit. That's all I'm going to tell you. And then anybody that don't understand that you know your shit, then they need to be somewhere else. But again, I want to thank you and those from your station for all the good work and the information that you provide. We are grateful for it. And uh, is there a, a something on your site where I can donate to? Well, you know what? Yeah, because Brother Kwekui might be listening. Yeah, because we were seeking donations. I didn't push it. I've never pushed it because I, I fund this myself, you know, but I we know. were trying to do some other things. But yeah, in fact, I, what I'll do, Brother T, is I'll text you information. Okay? Thank you, brother, because you know I'm going to use it. God bless you. God no, bless you, I'll man. You All right, my brother. Day. Okay, you and too, I'll be brother. All day. All right, my brother. Peace to you. Three four seven three four seven. Good afternoon. Yo, Oshi, what's happening, bro? What's up? What's up, Jay? Your birthday, man. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, man. It was. It was yesterday, and I'm just saying I'm recovering the day, bro. Well, right on, man. I'm glad you had a good. I'm gonna say it was. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm. It was a good day, man. Good. I'm glad. I got really a chance am. to enjoy it. And um, that's it. I was just calling to see what was happening and to thank you again. Oh, you're you welcome, Jay. Quite cool. Yeah, yeah, we acknowledge um, you, my brother. Yeah, well, we appreciate and you, I, man. 
I see y'all talking about the lost in space <laughs> man, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah. The one who didn't know where he was at. Where he was going. Yeah. Counted and allowed the Urugu to be the Urugu that he was someplace other than where he started out at. You know, it's amazing when you think about it how the Native Americans did not have the hindsight to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, if it is that they didn't have a broad understanding of of the history of this Shurugu before they right. came within their midst. Um, because if they knew about the nature of the Urugu before they landed on these shores, I would have thought that they would have killed them all instead of saved the bastards. Right, right. Because the bastards were, if the truth be told, the bastards were definitely dying. Yeah. Um, and, well, you see you what know, well, you, well, you see what happened when he left uh, that group at, at when the ship, when he had a ship wrecked, one of his ships was wrecked before, this on the first voyage, he left the group and, and, and headed back uh, towards Europe, towards Spain, and find, you know, let them know what he had done and what he had discovered and what is open to him. And, and of course, they uh, commissioned more ships and they came back. But that settlement that was left there, they were killed. You know, they were killed by the indigenous people. And then they knew they were going to be in for a fight. But, of course, uh, they came with superior weaponry. You know, they had right. muskets and so forth. And, you know, as, as always... Go ahead, Jay. That's always been the Urugu. That's always been the Urugu's winners to have superior weaponry. Exactly. When dealing with other with other groups. Yeah. Now, I mean, hey, it is what it is. You can't get you can't get but so mad at the fact that it is the fact. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, you cannot forget what the fact is, and not address and not deal with this. This no good, filthy, stinking yeah. beast. You know, you 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 know what I mean. Yeah. It's like you know, someone could say, "Well, you know, Biden called um, black people cockroaches," and then have the illusion that they may support a man like Trump, who says. Um, a New York ad in the New York Times, the biggest, probably the biggest paper in the world, that five young black men should right. be, you know, should right. be killed. Should be killed. But yeah. you know, the the, the 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 twisted mind would try to justify accepting some dog like Trump, who didn't want to attack someone like like Biden, who unfortunately has flaws and has done some things that has not been in the best interest of black people, but he's damn sure did a hell of a lot more for black people than Trump ever have. Cause I can't think of nothing that Trump has ever done for black people. And I'm not going to equate him making your taxes a little better. That's poppy. That's poppycock to me, and I'm yeah. one of the people who benefit from it. Right. Believe yeah, well, me when I tell you. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Well, there's another, uh, there, there was a few other people who said, man, you know, with, 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 with Trump being there, I've made more money. I've made yeah, more well, money. But like, the crazy thing is, the same person who benefit from it makes that type of asinine statement. But then again, they've also benefited from some of the things that, you know, um, Biden's done over his 30 year career. But they won't, they won't acknowledge that though. Yeah, but yeah. they'll acknowledge the other white boy who talks about they want to kill our kids. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's, that's the same type of behavior that, you know, a sick person would, would right. put forward and then try to make the point that I'm an independent. Yeah. But then again, let's make it very clear. There's only maybe one or two independents in the Congress or the Senate. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? So really, you're, you're nothing in that equation. You hold no power. You hold no say-so. You're just being an outcast fool trying to make it seem as though you hold some sort of independent thought. Yeah. Well, listen, let me, let me oh, take, a, let me take another couple of calls, okay? Jay, just hold on for me, bro. Peace. <laughs> 334-334, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Brother Oshi. I'd just like to continue with Brother Jay's uh, 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 commentary, so I'm just going to listen for the rest of the program. Thank you for picking my call, Brother Oh, oh okay. Uh, listen, man, I'm going to give you a buzz. You want to do that today or tomorrow? What's a good time uh, for you? Tomorrow's fine. Tomorrow, tomorrow it tomorrow. is, man. Let's have a conversation, man, okay? All right, All right, All right brother. Peace. All right, brother. Let's peace. Yeah. Uh, brother Kwaku. Hey, hey, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How you doing, brother Jay? <laughs> Let me get Jay back on the line. Oh, my, 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 my good brother, Quay Cool. Thank you for the for the acknowledgement and the shout out, my great brother, Quay Cool. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good, man. You know, I'm just laughing and joking and dancing and prancing, you know, and ready to deliver that smoke. You yeah. know, that's all. I, I'm just, I'm just feeling good, man. You know, another, another year around this, the earth, you know what I mean? It, what could be better, man? You know what I mean? Some people ain't get the opportunity to be on the planet this yeah. long, man. Yeah, right. For me to be here, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lady brother. Believe uh-huh. me. Right you know, on. I, I may even have me another, you know, kind of getting the day to celebrate the new year, the start of the new year. <laughs> well, don't 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 forget to do it with a chocolate cake, brother. <laughs> oh, 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 brother, brother, let me tell you, let me tell you, they had my favorite cake. Not only was it German chocolate cake, it was cheesecake in the middle of it. That's how huh? that's how lovely man it was a German chocolate cheesecake, man. A that's German how lovely chocolate cheesecake. Oh wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, man, the, the the layer the layer is, you know, right. the German chocolate. Right. And then they put a layer of cheesecake. Okay. And then a lovely layer. So the cheesecake is in between and then they cover it with the, you know, the German chocolate. Yeah. Um, how would they say frosting, frosting or right, that coconut? Or man. Yeah, and coconut. It was, it was so nice, man. Yeah, right I, I on. mean, you know, it was good. 
you know. So I was very, I was very thankful, and it was always good, you know, to get together with with you know your your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. People that I didn't know for a little bit of time and good food. You know, I mean, the conversation is pure Negro, but I, I, I mean, I could, I could hang. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I hear you. you. Know, I enjoyed it, man. I, I'm, you know, man. I'm looking. Matter of fact, y'all, y'all get me in trouble, man. I'm looking at a piece of this cake in front of me, man. It's it's one o'clock, man. I ain't got no business maybe snacking on it, but y'all do. I'm blaming. If I take a, yeah, go if ahead. I take a piece, I'm gonna blame it on both of y'all. Yeah, go man. ahead. Cause you, hey, cause I definitely want you to have one for me, man. Go ahead and get a piece for me, brother. On your birthday. <laughs> but you know what's so good? Tonight, I got a friend of mine taking me out, man, to a beautiful, beautiful barbecue restaurant, man, that, I done, that I've been to a couple of times that I really enjoy. Let me tell you something. I'm a, I, you know, I, I like to eat, man. And this, this joint got some of the best, the best brisket you can never have, mm, man. Brisket. I mean, mm. they do it better than Texas. Mm. Well, thanks a lot, Jay, for adding 10 pounds to my discussion. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen, man, I'll probably be fasting on Thursday, Thursday and Friday because I, I got another event on Saturday um, with a couple of the fellas. But look, man, you know, it's your birthday month, man. So with me, it usually lasts like, Three weeks, and that's three weeks. You know, I gotta, I gotta get back to normal, man. I hear you, my brothers. All but right. I thank both of y'all, brothers. You too, Jay. For your kindness and 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 love, man. Because you know, y'all two are not phonies, hypocrites, and pretenders. Y'all Africans, man. <laughs> you know, y'all ain't y'all ain't wishy washy. So, oh, no, you know, I'm always empowered by y'all. All right, Jay. Enjoy your day. All right, family. All right, I appreciate y'all, you, brother Kwaku. Thank right, you, guys, brother Lust. Brother, love you, love y'all, brothers and sisters. Thank you. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. Not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E. Because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants think they can't do it out, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Abibi Fahodier. Abibi Fahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Hope to see you on Wednesday. Peace, family.